You're now listening to the Audible Sanctuary that delves into the transformative power of embracing the more tender aspects of femininity. I'm your host, Dale Pasco, committed to making the allure of gentleness irresistible and showing you that it's safe to live in the soft side of womanhood. All right, y'all, welcome back to She's So Soft. We have officially made it to season two, episode 13. And I'm extremely grateful as always for everybody who has tuned in. We now have well over 200 plays. So listen, let's give ourselves a hand for tuning in, listening, applying what is being said, the questions, comments, everything, the shares on social media. I appreciate it all. Since I'm looking in the camera right now, right, last week I told you guys that I was going to be sharing a great surprise with y'all on the podcast side. We are now going to be recording for not only the podcast platforms, but also YouTube. God has been pushing me to get back in the YouTube space for quite some time, and I thought this would be a great way to break into it again. So this is going to be the first video back on my channel Dale K. Pasco. You can go and tune in if you would rather see and listen to this visually and audibly, then head over to YouTube or you can do both. I mean, there's some days I like listening to podcasts. There's some days I like actually watching the podcast and listening at the same time. But I do want to say hello to everybody on the YouTube side. And um, that is a surprise. I really just felt led to get back into this space and, you know, just to really help and share different parts of my life to help other people to become more authentic with who they are, walk in confidence, be consistent, and really take care of themselves the way that God has designed you to. So there will be more content on the channel, not just the podcast content, but other conversations, blogs, and things of that nature. I found a great system to make sure I can stay consistent, which is one reason I've been so consistent with podcasting. So I'm going to apply the same system to YouTube. But I want to get into the topic for today, which is trusting God with your heart. I absolutely love talking about trusting God with your heart because I understand what this process can look like, even though it doesn't look the same for every single individual there are certain principles that we should apply that are across the board, right? So as a believer, I fully believe in one, guarding my heart. I believe in trusting the Lord with all of my heart. I believe in not leaning on my own understanding. I believe in knowing that God is the author and finisher of my faith. But before we get into this topic, because I was about to jump all the way in, we say affirmations every single week. So let's go ahead and say those and then we'll get into this conversation. So the first affirmation is, I give myself permission to be a full dependent of my father in heaven. I release all worries and fears, surrendering my heart to God's unwavering love and care. The safest place for my heart to be is in the hand of God. So I willingly place my heart there. Trusting God is my right as his daughter, and I will not forfeit this benefit. And lastly, I have history with God and trust that he will always come through for me. 
So as always, write those down, speak them often, and remember they are most effective when applied with action. So let's go ahead and jump into this episode, Trusting God with Your Heart. So I have been in a season where I've been learning to really trust and relinquish everyone else from their responsibilities of my life to where I feel like they're helping me to live a safer life or help me to trust God more or feeling as though it's because of different systems in the world, people and things that I'm able to fully trust the Lord. God has had me in a place where I have had to really let go of a lot of things and situations and practices that I've put in place in order to make me feel safe. So for instance, when it comes to, we'll just say friendships, for instance, when it comes to certain friendships, I've had to really stand back a little bit. Like God's had me in processes where I have gone through isolation, intentional isolation, not because, you know, I'm living a woe is me life or feeling like I'm being neglected, nothing like that, but really so that I could sort through my relationships through my friendships. I've had to look at my relationship with my husband and make sure I wasn't idolizing him. You know, of course, when you're married, you should be able to depend on your spouse. You should be able to have conversations with your spouse and know that they're going to show up in said ways. But there are times when we can begin to idolize friends, um, our spouses, our jobs, different situations, the world systems, and truly believe that if for any reason they drop the ball, then that means God dropped the ball. So I'm learning that my full trust is to remain in God and with God at all times. One thing that I say often is my heart is in God's hand and he takes care of my heart well. When I remember the Lord speaking to me one day and saying, it's safe to put your heart in my hand because I don't have a death grip. You're not going to put your heart in my hand and think that I'm just going to, I'm not going to do this to it. I'm not going to squeeze it until you're no longer living. I'm going to make sure I'm tending to your heart with gentleness and care. And in order for me to get to that place, it's taken me a lot of work. It's taken introspection. It's taken therapy. It's taken honest conversations with myself. It's taken me pulling back out of situations, relationships, different things in order for me to fully see the full scope of where my trust has been placed or displaced. And I remember talking to a friend, and I believe I spoke about it on the podcast before, where I was telling you all that God has spoke to me one day and he was like, hey, you, you've become so comfortable in abandonment that you will not fully allow me to love you. And a part of trusting God is allowing yourself to be loved by God. There's no way that you can really put your trust in the Lord if you don't think that he loves you, if you feel like he will abandon you, if you feel like he's going to forsake you, if you feel as though he's not going to come through. A part of coming to trust the Lord is coming to understand who he is, the many names of God. There's so much about the Lord, right? There's so much that he's able to do, that he wants to do, that he desires to do, that he will do when we understand who he is. But when we have the wrong viewpoint of who God is, who he wants to be to us, who he is to us, we won't allow ourselves to trust him. If we don't see him as Jehovah Jireh, then there's a lot of provision. We will not allow him 
to place in our lives. If we don't see him as Jehovah Rapha, there's a lot of healing that we will not experience. And healing is not always, you know, you being pulled out of a hospital bed or being picked up to walk again. Sometimes healing is looking at the way that you have been managing your finances and realizing that you have been managing your finances poorly because of fears from your past. Because every time you got money, your mom and dad asked you how much money you had, promised you they would pay you back and never paid you back, right? And so the Lord has to go into those places of your soul and say, listen, I'm not that type of God. If I ask you to give me something, not because I need your money, but if I ask you to place something somewhere or to do something with provisions you've been given, it's not to take something from you. It's to multiply what you have been given, what's been placed in your hand. We have to know that God does not add or subtract or multiply or do things the way that we do. God is a God of multiplication. And when he takes away, he always gives back even more of the things that we need. So sometimes healing comes in making sure he's tending to the things that we thought was normal or we knew was kind of off and unfair. And he has to change that and fix the right systems in our souls in order for us to live an abundant life. Sometimes healing looks like being isolated for a moment and allowing yourself to learn how to sit in silence so that you're able to better cohabitate with those in the world. A lot of times when we grew up in chaos or we grew up in places that there was just so much going on or we weren't heard or there was a lot of abuse or misuse or people just taking advantage of you or you just falling in the background because you were a child that needed to stay in a child's place. The Lord has to come in and he has to fix that. He has to do the necessary work. But if we don't allow him to do that, if we feel like God's going to, you know, pull back a bandage and start working on a wound because he's trying to hurt us or he's trying to embarrass us or he's trying to belittle us, we're not going to allow the proper healing. We are not going to allow ourselves to trust the Lord. So trusting looks like, first of all, knowing who God is. If God says he's a healer, he's a healer. If he says he's a provider, he's a provider. If he says he'll fight for you, he will fight for you. If he says when your mother and your father forsake you, he will pick you up and cut care for you and love you, then that's exactly what he's going to do. If he's telling you to guard your heart, it's because he knows that there's things in this world that want to come to destroy who you are from the inside first, right? And when you look at lives, a lot of times I'll be driving. I will drive down the street sometimes and see people who are homeless, right? Or people that are in psych wards and just from watching television shows. I fully trust and believe and know that that was not the Lord's plan for their life. God never desired that they lose their mind. God never desired that they be on the streets begging for bread, right? That's another promise of God. And when we feel like we live in a world that was created by this harsh God, we will not allow ourselves to see the reality of who he is. His word says, his word promises, like the Bible says, never have I seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread, which means God does not ever want to forsake his children, nor will he. And it's not his desire that they be out in the streets begging bread. A friend and I spoke with someone a few days ago, and this man was saying that he knew who God was, right? And... Listening to the things he was saying, 
had me in such a state of confusion. And mind you, and he was saying, listen, in this season, if it's confusing, and I'm not saying, you know, you just have to figure out what's going on, but if it's just fully rooted in confusion, you do not need to have any parts of it. So we're having a conversation with this man and he's talking about, you know, how Jesus was intentionally trying to kill um, certain people and all this crazy stuff. And God's like, pull out of this conversation. Like, no, that is not who I am. That's not me. And so sometimes confusion comes to set in to throw you off on who God really is. And when you're confused about who God is, you're not going to trust God. When I was really learning to place my heart in his hand, I had to go through processes where I intentionally pulled myself out of certain situations so that I could allow God to be God. And when I tell you, it was extremely uncomfortable. I remember living with individuals and the living arrangement was not favorable. I went from living somewhere that was plush, comfortable, nice in a nice area to living with people that was totally uncomfortable. It was not God's will for my life. And because I was trying so hard to stay in something that was not his will for me, he made sure it was uncomfortable. Like rent there, I think was like five or 600 bucks. And it was three of us living there and none of us could pay the rent. So we'll look at situations like that and be like, God, why do you have me in this situation? And God's telling you, girl, I never intended for you to live here, but you, because you're not trusting me or you're feeling like you know what to do better with your life than I do, I'm going to allow you to have what you desire to have. And so being in that situation, I was trying so hard to make something work that God never intended to work. And as a result, my heart was broken. Things did not work out well. I mean, at the end of it all, God turned it around, but I really had to pull myself out of that situation and say, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to take the necessary steps to get the job that the Lord has promised me to move me and my daughter out to live in the space that he wants us to live. Even if I have a fear that I don't know if the bills are going to be totally paid every month or if I'm going to come up short, I don't know what's going to happen, but I have to make sure I'm not putting myself in a situation where I'm depending on man, because truth of the matter is men always come up short. I'm not just talking about men as in the sex, but I'm saying mankind. We'll always come up short when we're comparing to who God is, right? But God is trustworthy. He is not someone who asks you or instructs you to do something with the purpose of making you worse off. He always wants to make you better off. He always wants you to know that you're supposed to elevate, be promoted, get one up. He always wants you to remember where you're seated in those heavenly places. He wants you to know your authority. He wants you to know the beauty of your sonship, being a son, being a daughter. He wants you to know the power of his names. He wants you to know that he is Abba, that your soul is constantly reaching out and crying out for Abba, for the lover of its soul, right? And a lot of times we hear our souls crying out. We know that we're supposed to be going to another level of faith and trust in God, but we won't allow ourselves to because we've become so comfortable in where we've been. We've become so comfortable in complacency and dysfunction and inconsistency. So when the Lord is saying, hey, listen, I don't want you to live in that dysfunction anymore. I want you to come out of that. I want you to sit with me. Show me where the wound is. Allow me to remove the bandage. Allow me to examine it. Allow me 
to put the necessary cream there to do the work. Allow me to do that and know that I'm trustworthy of healing you, of making you whole, of taking care of you, of providing you with the right things, of warring off anything that will come to try to infect that area again, of giving you a sound mind, of teaching you how to tend to yourself, how to live. But because we fear the new, we won't really allow ourselves to trust God. I remember going through a season where, you know, God was really instructing me to go into another realm, another dimension of prayer in him. And because I knew that it was going to come with more responsibility, because I understood that he was going to be showing me more, because I realized that it was going to take a lot more dying. I was afraid of stepping into that new place, even though there was a beautiful promise attached to me choosing to trust him in a new level of intercession. So sometimes we see the Lord pulling us to the new, taking us out of the old, delivering us from what was and placing us in a promise. But because that place of bondage or that place of comfort or that place of what was seems way more predictable, we won't go to the unpredictable. And so for a while, I wouldn't allow myself to fully step in to that new place of intercession. So I was constantly praying the things that God was, you know, showing me over time. And at this time, it's just becoming redundant prayers, right? And God's like, we're, we're, we're not doing this anymore. You're coming up against a stiff wall, a stiff hand, a stiff arm, because you're not moving. You're not doing what I need you to do. You're not speaking what I'm speaking. So until you choose to open your mouth and speak what I need you to speak, you will have no desire to pray. And so I'm looking and I'm, you know, sitting around. I'm like, God, you know, I want to pray and blah, blah, blah. He's like, come into agreement. Trust me with this new place. Until you trust the Lord with the new place, you're not going to fully walk into it. And that means being okay with not knowing everything that's going to take place. Be okay with not knowing exactly how everything's going to turn out. But know and believe and trust the word of God when he says that all things work together for your good. If I'm calling you here, if I'm delivering you from that, if I'm pushing you to a people, if I'm pulling you away from a people, if I'm telling you to change the way that you're showing up, if I'm giving you a new language, a new vocabulary, a new vernacular, if I'm calling you into this new space, trust me enough to walk with me in this new space. Trust me enough. Why don't you trust me? And I had to really sit and remember and realize I have history with God. And every single time God has always come through. He's never pushed me anywhere or taken me to a place where he was not going to show up. But I had history with God. I still have history with God. It's like, let me check your rap sheet. You've never failed. You've never fallen through. You've, you've never not come through on your word, on your promise. And so sometimes what happens is because we're still waiting for certain promises to be made manifest, we feel like God's not trustworthy. But we don't look at the fact that there was someone in, you know, future or past generations who was praying for us to be born into the earth and to have a long life. And God's making good on that promise that someone prayed for us to never get sick and God's making good on that promise. Or maybe 
you did have an ailment come against your body and God healed you. We don't look at those things. We just look at the things that we don't yet have. And we disqualify God from being trustworthy because of what we don't yet see happening. But God is faithful. And when you sit in the reality and the truth of his faithfulness, then you will give yourself permission to trust him with your heart, right? He's not a God who's telling you to guard your heart or to trust him or to not lean on your own understanding, but to acknowledge him in all your ways. He's not saying that just because it sounds good. He's saying it because there's safety in those principles, right? So I've learned to trust the Lord with my heart. If I told y'all everything that I have been experiencing over these last couple of months, it would take a while, okay, to have that conversation. It would take a long time to have that conversation. But it's so freeing in this place to not have a care. I'm really understanding his word when it says that the Lord will care for you. And I believe that's in so many different aspects. He cares for me. He cares about me as his daughter, as his creation. And also when I cast my cares on him, he takes those on as his own and cares for me so that I don't have to give my time, my energy, my mindset to those things. I can focus on other things at hand and not feel like I have to be responsible for my life. What I mean by that is not feeling like I have to be the one who is the author and finisher of my life. That's who he is. So I give him that responsibility and I partner with him in that responsibility because I trust him and I know that he's not going to fail me. Trusting God looks like fixing your words. When you're going through something, making sure you're not rehearsing the issue, but actually praying the solution, praying his word, being in agreement with what he has said, what he has promised, not giving the enemy any room, a foothold, nothing, truly choosing to know and believe that what God said is what it is. Not going by what you see. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things not seen. So I have faith that it is what you say it is, regardless of what I'm seeing right now. I have hope in what you said. His word says that hope does not disappoint. The word also says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. So if you live in, a, in such a way that you feel like your hopefulness is a waste of time, your heart is going to become sick. It doesn't mean that hope deferred is a promise. It means that if you live in a state of deferred hope, the promise is a sick heart, right? So if you're not guarding your heart according to his standard, according to his word, according to what he has revealed to you by faith, your heart is going to become sick. And sometimes that sickness looks like disease in your actual body. Sometimes that sickness looks like unforgiveness, resentfulness, hatred, strife, hopelessness, depression. A sick heart can show up and manifest itself in so many different ways. So it's so important that you understand the power of 
keeping your hope in the Lord and having faith in what he said and making sure your words align to what he has revealed to you and has spoken. That's the power of having a vision, sitting with the Lord and allowing him to show you what he's promised and believing it is what it is. If that's what you say it is, that's what it is. I'm not believing what the enemy's trying to present to me. Going back to Jesus in the garden or Jesus when he was in the wilderness and he was being tempted, right? After his 40 day fast and Satan's like, hey, I can give you this. I can give you this. I can give you this if you do this. Or Jesus is like, absolutely not. God said that man doesn't live on bread alone. I'm not supposed to tempt the Lord. I trust God. God has already given me a promise before you showed up. So when you know that you already have a word from the Lord, when you know that he's already given you a promise, when you know that he's already made provision for the very thing that you're waiting on, when Satan shows up, you're not so quick to throw it all away. Better yet, you won't throw it away at all because you know that what he gives you, what Satan tries to give you, quote unquote, give you is temporary. It's not going to last. It will fail every single time. I don't care if it doesn't fail on the first day, if it doesn't fail on the third day, if it doesn't fail in 50 years, it's going to fail before you pass. And when you are standing before the father, that stuff is not going to be there. Only the things that the Lord gives and provides is what is sustained. He is our exceeding and great reward, the Satan. Satan can't reward us with anything, like nothing. He can't give you anything. And it's crazy because, you know, we say that we don't, we have trust issues. And when I think of trust issues, I think of how there are times that we believe Satan is more powerful than God, or we feel like Satan can provide better than God does. So as a result, we, you know, we back out of what God has told us or the things that he's revealed that he expects of us or instructed of us or has even tried to bless us with. And we retreat, not realizing we're putting more trust in the enemy of our soul. Every time you run away from what God is saying, you're running to the side of darkness, the power of darkness. And the Bible makes it clear we can't serve two masters. Either you're going to rock with heaven or you're going to rock with hell. You can't do both. And so as a result of everything, I've learned that my words have power. Sitting and meditating on the word of God is extremely powerful. Surrounding myself with people who trust the Lord and can see my moments of vulnerability when I may not be there, where I may be having a moment and they say, Day, are you, are you struggling with this right now? And giving myself permission to be honest about where I am, right? Trusting the Lord also looks like being able to confidently confide in those that he has placed in your life. I'm not talking about, you know, giving your issues and talking about things that you're dealing with everyone because everybody is not trustworthy. I don't care if they come to you and say to you, hey, you know, you can talk to me about X, Y, and Z. If God has not shown you or marked them as someone who is a confidant that has been proven to be trustworthy in your life, do not confide in them. You know, sometimes we say, well, it doesn't matter who gets my testimony as long as it's shared. It doesn't matter who's, you know, here's my issues as long as I let it be known. It matters. It does matter. 
it really does matter. I'm not saying that you can control how people feel about it, what they say, if they take it and run with it. But when God really gives you a trusted confidant, they will be someone who is like a locksmith. They will not take what you give to them and disperse it wherever. They will be intentional with the contents of your heart because they're sent by God, right? And there are going to be times when we may say something around someone who's not necessarily trustworthy and they take it and give it to whoever. Okay, it is what it is. Maybe the Lord intended for it to get out and it will work together for you. But a part of trusting the Lord is allowing yourself to be vulnerable with someone. First, starting with yourself. Do you journal? Do you write down your thoughts? Do you write down some of the things that you're experiencing? Some of your pains, some of your hurts. Are you honest with how you feel? I had a conversation with God a few weeks ago and I was talking to him about an individual, a friend that had relationship that was kind of like, you know, non-existent. And the Lord was like, tell me how you really feel about this situation and this person. And I was just sitting like, what do you mean? I told you, you know, that this happened and it is what it is. Like, I'm good. And he kept telling me, tell me how you really feel about this situation and this person. So I sat down on my couch for a moment and I said, God, you know, that situation really caught me off guard and I'm really pissed off at that person. And I can't tell you that I like him. I can't even tell you that I fully love them. A part of me, I don't hate them, but a part of me kind of despises them. And when I released those words, I felt so bad because I felt as though I was being hateful and bitter. But the release that I had been given, like the freeness in that moment to sit with God and really be honest about how I felt. Like I could cry right now because I was expecting the Lord to reprimand me with you're wrong. You shouldn't be blah, blah, blah. But it's just like he was able to minister to me. And as soon as those words were released is as soon as the healing came. And so I was like checking my heart over the last couple of days. Right. And the feelings are no longer there. When I see this individual, I have no type of like ill in my heart. We can have a conversation and I'm good. And I was even able to go back to that person and say, hey, this is what was going on. This is how I felt. And we had a heart to heart conversation and it was extremely well. But we have to be willing to be honest enough with ourselves if we truly want healing and if we want to be able to fully trust the Lord. But we are definitely in a season. I'm really careful with saying, you know, seasons because I feel like every season you should trust the Lord. Every season you should depend on God. Every season you should know that God is who he says and you should allow yourself to um, believe him at all levels. But I really fully believe that this is a season of just really honing in on total dependency, knowing and being fully persuaded that there's nothing that can come against your relationship with him unless you allow it. There's nothing that can remove your heart from his hand unless you allow it. But what I was saying is I believe this is a time where we really hone into dependency and trusting the Lord with our hearts. 
And one thing I want to leave you with is to really be honest with yourself, to have a real conversation with yourself and look through your life and look at the proof in the pudding, right? A lot of times we like to say, oh, I'm trusting God with my life. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. But if you're really trusting God with your life, your life will be evidence of that very thing. Do you tend to run away from the things that God's calling you to do? Do you really hone in on the instruction of the Lord? When you've prayed for something for so long and then the door opens and you know it's from God, do you walk through that door or do you try to sabotage? Self-sabotage is a telltale sign that you're not trusting the Lord. If God has said, hey, I want you to create a schedule so that you can do this, this, and this every day. Or I want you to just sit with me. Do you actually follow through with doing the things that he said? Or are you disobedient to what he's saying? If God wakes you up at three or four in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, whatever time, and he says, hey, I want you to pray first, brush your teeth, and then come sit and pray with me. Do you pray? Do you have a prayer life? Do you fast? Do you read the word? Do you depend on the news more than you depend on the prophecies of God? Like, really be honest with yourself, because we can say we're trusting God all day, every day. But if your life is hard, right? The Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. So if your life has been extremely hard and you feel like you can never get a break, somewhere you're not trusting God for real. And we can say, oh, I've been I've been trusting God with everything. Like, he took this from me. He did this. He did that. That doesn't mean you're trusting God. You could still be withholding something from him. You can still be trying to manage the affairs of your life on your own. For instance, maybe the Lord brought you out of a raggedy relationship. It may not have even been that crazy or extreme, but he's like, listen, this is not a time for you to be dating. So I don't want you focusing on this said relationship. I don't want you to even be focused on dating, but you still find a way to like entertain other men or women, knowing that God wants your undivided attention for this time. You're not trusting God with that portion of your life or other areas of your life, I'm sure. Every time I was in a relationship and God's like, hey, not right now. I need you to be focused on this. But I was choosing to focus on everything he said not to focus on. Things got real hard and real uncomfortable. And I would literally find myself, well, God, why would you let me go through this? Why would you allow this to happen? You didn't trust me. You didn't trust me. So I allowed you to have what you wanted to have. And when you got enough dose of that pain to come and really put your heart in my hand, then I was able to work. But sometimes we don't allow ourselves to get there. Stop gloating and being hard-hearted or hard-headed. It aggravates me when I sit with people and they start like just gloating about their disobedience to God, about being in bondage, about how long it's taken them to sit with God and to trust God, you know, and I'm not talking about people who are telling their testimony and just being honest and laughing about where they have been and where they are now and the freedom of the Lord. But there's a difference when somebody's like, yeah, I'm just not doing it because I just don't feel like it. And they try to make it seem like a good thing. That's not good. You're living a hard life for no reason just because you want to be disobedient or you want to have a hard heart. But then you complain because you feel like this, this, and this isn't happening in your life. 
Well, you have to be intentional and figure out what the heck it is that you want to do and make up your mind. You have to make your mind up. Choosing to trust God is a choice. It's a decision you have to make. It's saying, you know what, God, I'm going to lay my life down so that Jesus can live through me. I'm laying my life down so that you can have your way. I'm laying my life down to submit fully to what it is that you desire from me as your vessel. I'm not trying to do this in my own strength anymore. It it doesn't work. I've tried doing life on my own terms and conditions for so long and it never ends well. But when I say, okay, God, no matter how uncomfortable it is, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to clap back when I could. I'm going to be really intentional with the words that I use. I'm going to write my budget out every day. I'm going to follow my to-do list. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm only going to eat fruits and veggies as you instructed me to do. I'm going to cleanse my body with a whole bunch of water. I'm going to sit with my daughter, do homework with her every single day at this time. I'm going to spend this time with my husband and make sure, you know, he's getting these type of affirmations and this. These are different things that we have to trust the Lord with. You know, sometimes trusting God just looks like, you know, choosing to only do the things that seem big and grand. Oh, I'm trusting God in this new job. I know that I'm not qualified and I know God placed me here, so I'm going to trust him with this, even though I really don't want it because I'm afraid of the responsibility. That's a form. But sometimes trusting God comes in the small things, in the small details. Are you trusting God when it comes to your hygiene? Are you trusting God when it comes to your body? If he told you, hey, I don't want you to eat this anymore because the enemy is desiring that you be afflicted with this. Are you changing up your eating habits? Do you trust the voice of the Lord enough to hear him when it sounds like a simple, small instruction? Trusting God with your heart is the best decision you could ever make, and I highly recommend it. It's okay to ask God questions. It's okay to, you know, get clarity on some things, but there are sometimes when God tells you to do something and you just got to move. But Living in a state where you're constantly rebelling against the voice of the Lord does not work out well for anybody. It doesn't work out well for me. It won't work out well for you or the next person. So it's really important that you take the time to love yourself enough to place your heart in the hand of the Lord because that is the safest place for your heart to be. He will tend to it with care. He will gird up your heart. He will guard your heart. He will protect your heart. He will make sure the enemy does not have his way or even access to your heart. But you have to believe he's trustworthy because he is. He definitely is. He's not a God who delights or even wants to hurt us. Nothing in him wants to hurt us. He is a trustworthy God. All right. So that is the conversation for today. Leave some comments below. Let me know. Um, some areas that you may be trying to learn to trust God with your life and how that's looking for you. Like, what are you doing to ensure that you stay in a place of trust with God or that you just allow him to be who he says that he wants to be to you and who he is to you? How is trust with God looking for you? Are you giving him your heart? Or are you still withholding it? And if you're withholding pieces of your heart, why? 
Why do you feel like it's safer to tend to your heart than to allow God to manage the affairs of your heart and your life? So I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This is episode 13, Trust God with Your Heart. Of course, again, we are in season two. Like I said, if you want to start tuning in via YouTube, you are more than welcome to do so. I will leave the link in the description portion and you can click on that or you can just Google it. It is She's So Soft, but my channel name is Dale K. Pasco, which is my name. Next week, we are going to talk about something else about the importance of you getting a backbone, right, babe? You need to get a backbone because you are not a pushover. People should not be able to do whatever they desire to do to you. And your voice is worth hearing and listening to. And um, it's really important that you take the time to really set up those boundaries, honor your boundaries, and make sure you're not being taken advantage of. So as always, I am your host, Dale Pasco. Remember, you're too soft to be acting so hard. Mm-hmm.